0: Well, hello, friend. Welcome to episode nine of Bullshift. Thanks for joining me today as I continue in a series about burnout. Today, I'll share a simple three-part framework to think about burnout and offer six powerful questions to ask yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome to Bullshift, the podcast for every person aged 35 to 55 who wonders, is this as good as life gets? Bullshift teaches you how to apply coaching psychology, early midlife insights, and the art and science of a meaningful life to transform this life phase into a period of creativity and growth. We spend nearly half our adult lives in some type of transition, This show is about making all that time more satisfying. My name is Megan Krause, and as a nationally board-certified well-being coach, a modern midlife maven, and the chief bullshifter, I'm delighted you're here. Burnout is a Big topic, and we're just scratching the surface in this series of four episodes. In the last episode, one of the topics we explored was managing your stress response. While learning to complete the stress cycle is so important, it's an incomplete approach to managing, and perhaps more importantly, preventing burnout. There are several other factors at play, including your mindset. I really love talking about mindset because helping people learn to manage their mind is such a fundamental part of the work I'm lucky to do with my clients. You'll recall from episode 7, I defined burnout as a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. You know, like the 324 months from March to December 2020. It's characterized by three dimensions overwhelming exhaustion, feelings of cynicism and detachment, and a sense of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. A simpler way to think about it is that it's one, two, three strikes your burnout. Okay, folks, I was just testing that out. I love belting into song mid-sentence, but do we think that works here or not? Anyway... A simpler way to think about it is that it's lost energy, lost enthusiasm, lost confidence. And for me, this is a really powerful framework that lends itself well to managing your mind, specifically asking yourself some questions. Look, I know I ask you to ask yourself questions often, but I really mean it. Go ahead and ask yourself these things out loud and demand an answer from yourself too, right there in your car, in traffic, or, you know, write it down. But really, do it. So question number one, what types of thinking am I engaged in? Number two, what are the questions I'm asking myself? Number three, what are the thoughts I'm telling myself? We won't be able to get to them all today, but if you're interested in learning more, then check out the School of Midlife in the show notes. You can get on the waitlist for the next enrollment period. Today, we'll focus on the questions you ask yourself. You know, beyond, good God, this again? Why? Okay, so to get started, picture this scenario. You skipped your usual peanut butter toast breakfast, your boss moved your deadline up to midday instead of end of day, and you forgot to wear deodorant again. Shower aside, what do you want to do when it all feels like too much? Well, first, I invite you to take a deep breath with your hand over your heart. Maybe even do the 478 breathing exercise. Then focus on asking yourself powerful questions. What's a powerful question you ask? Well, a powerful question spurs helpful emotion and ideally action too. Here are a few examples. What's instructive about this? How do I want to think and feel about this situation? How can I create what I want? What's a productive response in this situation? What are the next three steps I can take to continue moving forward? Each of these powerful questions contains two qualities. First, they have a positive or neutral premise. And second, they encourage your brain to come up with helpful outcomes or thoughts. This approach gives you power over your life. Instead of thinking things are happening to you or that your feelings are overwhelming you, you begin to see where you're able to create greater influence over your life. Feeling excited yet? Good, me too. Okay, so let's apply this approach to burnout, specifically to feeling the dimension of feeling overwhelmed. Here are six Powerful questions that give you power to ask yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed. First, what's contributing to my feeling overwhelmed? Feeling overwhelmed is increasingly common as demands on our attention increase exponentially. It's not just work and family. It's being family cruise director, board member, engaged citizen. Now cook this beautiful organic food and stay connected with friends and always be networking and read these important books. Oh, and your parents are aging now and they need you too. And are you financially ready to talk about retirement? Also, don't forget self-care, okay? Okay? (sighs) Our brains just weren't designed to handle the environment we inhabit. For the vast majority of world history, human life, both culture and biology, was shaped by scarcity. Food, clothing, shelter, tools, and pretty much everything else had to be farmed or fabricated at a very high cost in terms of time and energy. Knowledge was power, and it was hard to come by. For centuries, books had to be copied by hand and were rare and precious. Even people were scarce. Friends and relatives died young. As late as 1900, life expect- expectancy in the U.S. was approximately 49 years. And this kind of scarcity still rules the world's poorest regions, but in the developed world, hundreds of millions of us now face the bizarre problem of surfeit. And somehow the cost of time and energy hasn't necessarily gone down, we've just made it different. Our access and ease fills time in a different way. If you can just read an important book on your Kindle, why can't you read another and another? Even our downtime we fill with the ideas of self-care that we can access on Instagram and the internet. Hmm, let me see how Gwyneth suggests I care for myself. Yet our brains, instincts, and socialized behavior are still geared to an environment of lack. The result, feeling overwhelmed, and doing so on an unprecedented scale. Powerful question number two. In what ways am I actually busy? By now, you probably know that there's no such thing as multitasking. The human brain can tend to only one thing at a time. No matter how many times your children try to test this theory, am I right? So can we all just agree to strike this quality from job postings and cover letters? Can we? Yeah? Good. Most of us judge how busy we are by how much we have to do. Oof. I swear it was a badge of honor back when I was in college. I still see it now, too. The busy Olympics. The access we have to worthy ways to spend time exacerbate this contest. We see this in the phenomenon and discussion of overscheduling and overextending our kids, too. The earlier they can start padding that college application, the better. It's a cycle that's really tough to break. When there are too many things to do, we think we're busy, but we can feel busy when there isn't that much to do too. Look, I've got two whole seasons of Virgin River to watch. Conversely, we can feel relaxed even when there's a lot going on, which means that the states of busy and not busy aren't defined by how many actual things there are to do. They're just an interpretation, not fact. Powerful question number three. What's the priority here? We humans are the only creatures in nature that are so extra about always being on. We want the sun to shine all night, and when it doesn't, we create cities that never sleep. Not complaining about all night delis, though. We chase continuous energetic and emotional highs through everything from big parties to illegal substances. But we need the downtime, the space between, the darkness. They are the necessary complements that support our growth. Powerful question number four. How might I better manage my energy? As a society, we are hyper-focused on time management, but there are two big problems with this approach. The first problem is that after a certain number of hours, fatigue inevitably sets in. After that, you make more mistakes. You get into more conflict with coworkers. You're less creative and you're less efficient. The second problem is that time is finite and most of us don't have any of it left to invest. Our dance cards are full. For example, in an effort to get more done, one of the first things we're willing to sacrifice is our sleep. And yikes, this ain't it, friend. We need to stop trying to manage our time and start managing our energy. Powerful question number five. Where are the energy suckers in my life? Energy suckers, AKA Debbie Downers, are the people who find the cloud around every silver lining. If you can't cut them out of your life entirely, Turn your interactions with them into a game. When my neighbor says, ugh, I hate this rain. I say, oh, I love it. It means I don't have to wash my car. Powerful question number six. What would it take for me to just say no? Most people claim they give in to sun requests because they hate letting others down. Usually, though, this need is more about ourselves, about a need to feel needed. If we take a hard look at ourselves, we might see that we unwittingly encourage, or definitely don't discourage, people to come to us for every little thing. Interruptions can also be a welcome distraction. Faced with an unpleasant task, we're more than happy to turn our attention elsewhere. Finally, we don't often say no because... Because of simple disorganization. In a choppy and shapeless day, we handle disruption immediately because we figure, if not now, when? While it's important to be reasonably accessible to the people you live and work with, you don't want to spend most of your waking hours in helper mode at the expense of completing your own critical tasks. You need to prioritize requests. Otherwise, you get trapped in a whirlwind of distraction where you start many things and finish nothing. Now, I know you know this feeling. By the way, the helper archetype is just one of several that we explore further in relation to our power and burnout. If you recognize yourself as the helper and you want to change your pattern so that you can avoid or overcome burnout, then get on the wait list to enroll inside the School of Midlife. Speaking of saying no, next week we'll be focused on setting boundaries. Until then, just know that to create better, more powerful thoughts that can support you in managing burnout, you'll want to ask yourself better, more powerful questions. Really, ask them. This is foundational to developing a stronger mindset to help you overcome and ideally prevent burnout. Thank you for tuning into Bullshift. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast and you want to create your own Bullshift, then you need to check out megancrowsey.com forward slash Bullshift. If you haven't already, subscribe to Bullshift on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to connect with me on Instagram at megan underscore Krause. Let's connect next week.